The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Lord, you. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. How are you? Good. This is our little, me too. This is our last week with the buckets. Can someone remind me what these buckets are for? Yes, Amanda. Mm -hmm. We've been raising some funds for the restroom project and we've been remembering what God calls us to be in this world. I'll let you in on a little secret. This blue bucket has had a lot more than this red bucket. I don't know why. It just has. Does anyone have anything else they would like to contribute to the bucket this week? Yeah? Would you like to pour them in? Do you want the red bucket? Okay, you want the blue bucket. Okay. Just thought I'd ask. Now, I want everybody to listen to this. Oh, that's a heavy bucket. That is a heavy bucket. And the red one. Okay. Oh, you know. Oh, it could be. It could be. It could be lots of things. Why the tall as the church? I would like for you to pay attention to what your faces are doing right now. Are you smiling? Yes. We're doing something different right here. We're doing something we haven't normally done before right here. Have you all built a restroom before? No. I haven't either. But we're, we're, we're getting together to do something different and new. God will always call us to something just a little bit different than what we've done before. Sometimes we can tell that they're pretty similar. Sometimes we can tell that they're very different. God calls us into new things over and over and over again. But the way that you know how to be, the way that you know how to act, is in Jesus. I know that seems simple. 
but Jesus is the truth about life, about what it means to have good life, about what it means to have life all around you. Act like Jesus, be like Jesus, dwell and live with Jesus. There is where we find love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All the good fruits that we expect from God. Thank you very much for everyone who's contributed, and you still can. Thank you very much for the joy, the absolute joy you brought to this project. And thank you, thank you for following God and to change. This is what it means to be a reforming, a changing church. You're not smiling anymore. In my face. I know, it's your regular face. That's okay, too. While we call it into change and it can be good, called into change can be tough, too. Follow God no matter what. And every once in a while, realize that the blue bucket and the red bucket, they're on the same team. Same. Sound good? All right. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for bringing us all together, for a spirit of God that calls us to pursue, to pursue you and the world, to look for the ways that you continue to change our hearts and our minds and orient them toward God, toward you. We give you thanks for the joy that it's been to go after this change in front of us, and we ask that we continue to pursue you wherever you go, whether it brings us smiles, whether it brings us a grimace, or anything else. Thank you for being our God and continue to make us your people. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. The truth makes free. The truth makes us free. For me, that leads us to two questions. What's the truth? And what am I being freed from? just like those folks who already believe in Jesus and are following Jesus today. Let's start with the first question. What's the truth? Here, in Jesus' text, I think that Jesus is pointing to a more incarnate understanding of what the truth is than we might be used to. When I was young, I used to hear this passage, and I heard it more like, telling the truth makes you free. And while I do believe that, honesty is a very, very good way to live life. I don't think that's the exhaustive understanding of what this truth is. I think we're meant to see 
Jesus, God in flesh dwelling among us as the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, the truth of what it means to live, to have life in abundance right in front of us, of where we are to find life and where we are to live life, embodied and dwelling in our stories that we tell one another each week. This is the truth of who God is, of who we are, of how to live. What are we being freed from? That's the tricky one. In the text, we simply say that, you know, all who have sinned are enslaved to sin and cannot free themselves. But here... It's hard to name it. It's hard to see it. Because I don't think, once again, we're only talking about the sins that are overt. I trip over Michael during the sharing of the peace, and I say, sorry, well, that was still a bad thing, and even though we've reconciled, it's a little more great than that. The sin that's with us is that temptation not to move towards the people and the places and the experiences that Christ moved towards. What it means to live, we see in Christ, and what Christ did was to move towards the poor, was to move towards the oppressed, was to move towards the outcast, was to move towards the hungry, move towards the sick, move towards the dying, move towards those outside the covenant of God, move towards those who could not either be for themselves or live for themselves, could not feed themselves, could not help themselves. This is where we see our gospel text going again and again and again and again. And we know this truth about life a little bit, don't we? It makes sense when doctors move towards those who are sick for the sake of healing. And it makes sense when teachers move towards those who have not learned for the sake of education. And it makes sense for soldiers to move towards those who are in great peril, not for the sake of continuing war, but for the sake of ending it. It makes sense when we see it in certain places. But there's also a temptation when things become very personal, when things become very valuable, for us to not move towards those places. There's a temptation to isolate ourselves, to care for ourselves and ignore someone else. There's a temptation to build up financial stability and ignore someone else. There's a temptation to provide for our health and our wholeness and our wellness and to ignore the rest. And while every bit of reason will probably tell you that that would be okay, that's not what we see Christ doing. The truth of what it means to live not just breathe in and out over and over again, but the truth of what it means to truly live as a disciple and in the kingdom of God right now is to be where Christ is. 
We are free from the temptation to be for ourselves alone. We are free to find abundant life. We are free from ourselves. This church is the same. When Luther, like I said before, started getting into trouble, he wasn't getting into trouble for the sake of being bored. He was getting into trouble because he realized that the church wasn't always oriented towards where Jesus was. Wasn't always oriented towards the sick, towards the poor, towards the hungry, towards the oppressed. He realized that even the church could get out of order. And when he pushed, the church didn't like it. I mean, neither do we, right? If I would come, I'm not going to, at least not today, but if I would come to your door and knock unannounced, uninvited, and say, let's sit down and talk about how you're not quite being a disciple, I don't think you like me very much. You might respect me. You might welcome me in, offer me coffee or whatever, hear me out. But I'm not sure that you'd love it. When we are confronted with where Jesus should be, we resist, which is also the truth. We know, we have always known where God is. We have always known what God does. We have always known what Jesus does. We resist. This is the legacy of not just the Reformation Church, but an ever-reforming church. By grace, we are freed from our own selves for the sake of us and the world. You know where Jesus is, and so do I. Let us continue to pick up our legacy and dwell with him. Dwell with the oppressed. Dwell with the poor. Dwell with the hungry. Dwell with the sick. Dwell with the dying. Dwell with those in need. God is there. Let us be there too. Thanks be to God. Amen.